Welcome to The Table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. Hello, welcome to day two of the Lent season. I'm Dana Bensky. This is the season that takes us through the death of Christ on the cross and onto his resurrection. Today, the topic is being buoyed by the absurd. Our readings today are about times when Jesus did things that might have seemed absurd given the current political, political times. The first, making wine for a wedding party during the Roman occupation. John 2, verses 1 through 11. On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, "Why have no, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. The second reading tells of Jesus feeding people, when he and his disciples had only the clothes on their back, and the people were hungry. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he came to them, then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about five thousand men besides women and children. 
The third reading follows his resurrection when he sat down for a meal with his disciples. Luke 24, verses 36 through 43. While they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened? And why do you... Why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondering, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate in their presence. All of these situations took place during somber times, the Roman occupation, people without food, and the resurrection of our Lord after his death on a cross. But joy appeared in each circumstance. I chose this topic because, as many of you, I have experienced grief in my life, and also because I love the absurd. I would like to share two instances in my life that this makes me think of. My granny was a no-nonsense woman. She was not the typical grandmother with spotless house and high expectations as to mine and my brother's behavior. When we spent summers with her, we climbed trees, worked in the garden, and sat, on the, sat out in the backyard late into the evening, listening to crickets and catching fireflies. To put it simply, she was about life and not about appearance. When she died, I joined my mom and dad for the funeral. We entered the funeral home, somber, greeted the many visitors, somber, sat down to the funeral before the other mourners arrived and prepared for a flood of emotions. The funeral director rushed over at the last minute and ushered us into the back room. Apologetically, she explained that the flowers were not the ones we had requested. She proceeded to take the flowers, pull them apart, and insert the correct flowers. My mom and I looked on sort of aghast. Then our eyes met and we started to giggle. It was very difficult to pull ourselves together. You see, the joy found us. The joy of my granny's fierce independence and commitment to live in the moment and not for the appearance was reminding us of what an amazing woman she was. The second memory this brought up was my mom's funeral. My mom loved snow more than any other grown-up I know. When the Weather Channel launched, she would call me and say, are you watching the weather? This could be a great snow. Everyone else grumbled about shoveling or getting to work, but not my mom. She loved the beauty and wonder of snow. On the day of her funeral, we were going out to get in the car. We had several mem family members staying with us, as well as our two little girls. And she left. as we left the house, it started to flurry and continued to snow for the rest of the morning. The joy found us. We all looked at one another and smiled. In both of these experiences, I didn't choose joy, and I didn't really even look for it. It found me and snuggled in right next to the grief. And that felt good and hopeful. Please pray with me. God, somehow joy and sorrow can coexist. During these long, bleak days of Lent, surprise me with a capacity for delight. Remind me that every moment can contain a wide range, wide range of experiences. Thank you for your capacity to hold both at the same time. Amen. Yeah,